Hey, ah, hey, ah, hey. Hey, ah, hey, ah, hey. Hey, ah, hey, ah, hey. Yeah, your wisdom is found from within. Yeah, your wisdom is found from within. Welcome the badass bohemian. Hey, ah, hey, ah, hey. Hey, ah, hey, ah, hey. Hey, ah, hey, ah, hey. Yeah, your wisdom is found from within. Take a deep breath, loves. Exhale out the mouth. And it's time to dive in. How? Hello, sweet, beautiful loves, and welcome to the Badass Bohemian Podcast. I am Madeline, your host, and today is a very special day. It is a deep soul honor to have Mackenzie, this beautiful soul that I'm so grateful to have as a sister, a teacher, a mentor, a guide, a walking embodiment of Mama Gaia. And she is the owner and the channeler, the most powerful transmission of cacao. Cacao with a K, K A K A O, a nonprofit that is here to serve so many hearts and souls and bring us home to the wisdom of the earth. Mackenzie is. Oh, she really just carries so much medicine and her heart holds so much space for everyone that she gets to impact through the vessel of cacao and many other medicines that she shares. She is the author of Gaia, My Homegirl, and also How to Lead a Badass Business from Your Heart. And she has many other things. She's a multifaceted being that I am so honored to dance with in this lifetime and to sit in circle with and to learn so much from. She is a woman of some serious integrity. And you feel it when you sit besides this beautiful soul and I'm so grateful that we have the opportunity to dive deep today. We have Mama Cacao with us in our hearts in the space and I would love for Mackenzie to express a little blessing and just what's on your heart babe. Well that was the most amazing introduction ever. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh. I'm just honored to be here. And the biggest thing that we did just before is when pouring the cacao, uh, giving gratitude for really this opportunity to even be in this conversation right now. And so my invitation, if you're listening right now, is to 
give gratitude for the opportunity to listen to this and to be in a space in a time where we get to explore our personal growth. We get to experience plant medicines. We get to have the privilege and opportunity to open our hearts again uh, and do the healing work and be supported by all the tools. So that's really all I'll say for an opening. Do you want me to lead through a blessing or you want to get right in? Yeah. Okay. So if you're not driving, just go ahead and close down your eyes and let's take a few deep breaths together. As you're taking your inhale, really scan your body and make sure that everything is fully relaxed and just open up your chest, drawing back your shoulders, expanding your belly. And then when you exhale, allow everything to relax down even more. Just taking a pause in your day to reset your nervous system, to come back into your breath, to make sure your belly isn't holding tension. And just this gentle reminder that you are exactly where you're meant to be. There's nowhere to get, there's nowhere to be, just this moment, and it all can be done. I'd love to honor cacao that has made its way out of the jungle and into our hands today, into our lives, uh, and into this community at large. It really is a miracle in so many ways. Uh, this cacao, this heirloom cacao, it holds a specific language that is the language of love. It's this invitation into coming out of the head and into the heart space. And so we do that right here. Whether you have cacao with you or not, we say yes to coming even further into our hearts to open our hearts again, to open our hearts wider, and to live from here. So lastly, the question that's coming through is, if you were to live even more in your heart, what is something in your life that would fall away? Is there a thought, a limiting belief, uh, a pattern, a behavior, an action, a relationship, a, a, a task, a, a job? Is there something that would have to go in order to come into the full resonance and the full coherence of the heart space? Courage means action from the heart what it translates to and so remember that to live and lead from the heart we must take action and sometimes that looks like letting things go having hard conversations speaking into our truth speaking into what's authentic for us and really claiming and owning our worthiness that takes courage and that is why we have cacao to help us cacao is a tool an ally that was given to us by mother earth because it's almost like she knew or creator knew that this earth, this realm, this planet isn't always easy. It can be very stimulating. It can have a lot of contrast, a lot of duality. And so what a blessing, what a gift 
to get to sip on the most delicious plant on the planet in order to support the nervous system, to support us taking courageous action and leadership in our life and so much more. So aho, we open up into this space fully protected by the angels. We acknowledge them, thank them for being here. And if you want to welcome in your guides, your ancestors, any other support. And so it is. Ashe. And so it is. Thank you. Thank you, Spirit Kakao. Thank you. She's beautiful. Yes. We're sipping on the... <laughs> the criollo from Guatemala, and she's pure, <laughs> and some maca in there too. That's all it is. Yeah. Is it criollo and maca? Criollo and maca, and then okay, there was a little of the blend that I mixed. Oh, just a little. It yeah. was yeah. So good. Okay, love. <laughs> Ooh, cheers. Cheers, mama. Put to mama. Okay, babes. So, this is like such, it's like more than an honor. I wish I had more words to describe how potent this time is and this transmission and, and how much reverence is here for you and all that cacao has transmuted in like our lives and the last time Mackenzie was on the show for show I don't even like calling it that this space of creativity and connection this podcast and the way I see you guys everyone tuning in it's you are our community and the last time we came together to connect Mackenzie was in a very different place. We both were. Mm -hmm. And now we're in this very liberated, sovereign, sacred soul, (laughs) sacred (laughs) solo season, but this radical ownership of your truth, of the story of Cacao and how you've birthed this community this legacy and would love to just hear your journey your everything just give us what you feel called to share about how cacao has come through you you okay (laughs) let's do this okay so in 2014 that's where i normally start because that was my dark night of the soul. I had gone from relationship to relationship, really sabotaging and blocking love, completely subconsciously, unconsciously, not knowing that I was just fully unavailable for intimacy because of unresolved trauma that I didn't even know I had. And that would, of course, show up in my relationships So I had a pretty tumultuous relationship in 2014, uh, actually just down the road from here where we are, here in Phoenix. Mm -hmm. 
and I'll share vulnerably, I got pregnant while I was while we were broken up. So I went to his house and I told him and again, I was really asleep at the wheel at the time. So my we live in what I call abortion culture. Uh, and I was very much in that paradigm. So I just thought, oh, like I need to get an abortion. And when I told him that I was pregnant, you know, I saw this look on his eyes, like he felt a sense of purpose for the first time in his life. So essentially I felt this obligation to move back in with him and to try to start this family. And the fighting continued. And I had this moment where I could see in the room that was meant to be our child's room, I could see the crib and I could see my baby and I could see me. Like I could see me as the baby that was living out an experience of her parents fighting down the hallway. And that was literally, that had been my experience as a baby. And so I had this moment like flash before my eyes where I saw that I was about to repeat everything that my parent that that I lived through and even though I was not like a really conscious person at the time and hadn't gone through my healing that struck me and so long story short I ended up ending the relationship and got an abortion because I thought that was my only option and I had a lot of shame. I was in way too much shame to actually give birth to a child and give it up for adoption. You know, I was not in a well enough place to even think of that as an option. But I, I had this abortion also down the street here in Phoenix a few days before the legal cutoff. So it was at like 11 and a half weeks. And because I'm very sensitive to medication, I... Uh, I had to have barely any medication. So I was awake and actually felt the whole experience. And I was present to the whole experience. And as and that was very traumatizing. However, with that said, it was my wake-up call. Because I left that clinic thinking I was going to get my life back, that I you know, I, you know, I'd broken up with this person. Now I get to go party again. I get to just get my body back, you know, all the things. When really, I actually went into the deepest, darkest place I'd ever been. I went into a depression. I started having suicidal thoughts. I was having extremely gory nightmare nightmares. I actually, I chose to stop drinking because when I would drink, I wouldn't stop crying. And Essentially, my body was shooken up enough by this somatic experience and by this emotional, spiritual experience uh, that um, I started hitting my knees onto the ground and basically reaching out to God knows what. I was like, I don't know if there's a God. I don't know if there's something out there. Like I'm asking for a sign because I'm at rock bottom is what it feels like. I feel lost. I feel confused. I feel depressed. And at the time, of course, I was in the best shape of my life, going to the gym twice a day, <laughs> working a lot, and extremely unhappy. And then I had to get a roommate 
so I put a listing on Craigslist and this goddess walked in. Her name was Dulce, which of course means sweet. And I just noticed her like she was, you know, did yoga. She meditated. She had all these amazing books. And I thought, wow, this is a goddess. She knows who she is. She's in her power. She's in her purpose. And I have nothing to offer her, but I knew intuitively I need to be around her. So she moved in and for the first time ever, I opened up to someone. The very first dinner, I cried to her and I told her, I feel lost. I feel confused. I'm mourning my relationship. I don't know what to do. And she came over to me and said, oh, baby girl, you just need some mama love. Mm. And I didn't know what she meant by that until she continued. And she said, and you know what you're going to do? And I said, what? And she said, you're going to go into the bathroom and you're going to look down at your body and you're going to give that mama love to yourself. And you're going to say, I am going to heal you. I am going to protect you. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to comfort you. I'm going to love you. And that really hit me. So I did it. Starting the next day, I committed. I got into the bathroom, into the mirror, and started working with Louise Hay's work in mirror therapy and started looking myself in the eyes while noticing that I could barely do that. Finally, when I was able to lock eyes with myself long enough and say, I love you and mean it, my five-year-old self appeared and she told me all the things she needed to hear that she never heard. And so that's what really started my spiritual journey. Fast track, a week later, I got invited to an ayahuasca ceremony. And this is before Joe Rogan was talking about ayahuasca. This was before I, I had no idea what ayahuasca was. But I felt safe with the person that invited me. So I said yes, having no idea what I was getting myself into. And that really sent me on my path of healing. And thankfully, that was just in Sedona, right in our backyard. Um, about eight months into my journey with ayahuasca, I got very curious. What is this tea I'm drinking that's changing my life and making me more creative and inspired and connected to my spirituality? Like, what is this? This is amazing. And I started researching everything about plant medicines and anthropology and the Amazon forest and uh, just all these different things. Curious, are there other plants that help you elevate your consciousness? And... I had this feeling like I want to share ayahuasca with people, but it's so taboo and it's illegal. And people think I'm probably crazy if I say anything. And again, this was back then, again, 2015. Yeah, different times. You weren't hearing about these things all the time like we are now. (laughs) But the word cacao kept popping off the page. So this is November 2015. And I'm just like, why does the word cacao keep popping off the page when I know what chocolate is? I know what cacao powder is. I put it in my smoothie. Like, I know it's a superfood, da, 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 da. But I just felt the straw to keep looking into it. And I found that ceremonial cacao is a thing. I found this guy named Keith. He's the chocolate shaman in Guatemala. He had this really dinosaur website with a blog all about the cacao deva, the cacao goddess, and how we can invite the spirit of cacao into our hearts and we can utilize cacao for heart opening and healing and transformation. And I learned that, you know, the Mayan, the in the Mayan culture, but other traditions too, they've been working with cacao in Central South America for hundreds, if not 
up to 3000 years. So I was like, wow, I need to try this. So I ordered the block of cacao. And at the time it was like 11 steps to get the cacao to me, like 11 step process of ordering. I had to send the money through Western Union. And when it showed up, I was so like nervous that my Airbnb hosts were thinking I was like importing drugs. So I waited for them to leave to go on their date before I opened it up. And then I chopped it up. I waited out. I did everything that Keith told me to do on the website. And when I set my intention, I obviously knew how to work with a plant ceremonially because of my work with the master plant of ayahuasca, which now I call uni. And I thought, okay, this is just chocolate. This isn't going to do really much. You know, it's not a psychedelic. But truly, when I sipped the very first sip of cacao, my entire body started vibrating like head to toe tingles. I just even laid down on my yoga mat and just received the purest love. It was so profound for me to experience that. And no joke, this white and gold dragon showed up who had been showing up in all my ayahuasca ceremonies. And it was this vision of a canister of cacao And this voice said, you are going to bring this to the world. And I was like, what? I literally just drank this. (laughs) So I just kind of wrote it off thinking maybe that was a premonition of like seven years from now. Uh, And I just forgot about it. And I just kept drinking cacao. I kept connecting with her couple times a week and I started getting so passionate about the cacao because of how it was helping me integrate my plant medicine ceremonies. Mm -hmm. It was helping me feel truly connected to nature unlike I'd ever been connected before. Mm -hmm. When I would be with someone, when I was like working with cacao, I was like, whoa, I feel like I can go so much more deep Mm -hmm. and be so much more present with them. Mm -hmm. And then... Lastly, I noticed my creativity and I always had this thing that I'm not a creative person. I really noticed it coming online, like the things I started writing and the visions I started having. I was just like, there's something about this stuff. Uh, Actually, that wasn't lastly. Lastly, last but not least, my nervous system. Like I was working on a venture at the time that was so high stress and high pace and I was raising, trying to raise money for that venture and, you know, really living off my credit cards. Mm -hmm. So I was in such a stressed out place. No, cacao helped me just calm my nervous system every day so that I could work on my business from that place of centeredness. Mm -hmm. So it was beautiful. About six months into, six or seven months into working with cacao, I was drinking the cacao one morning while at a trade show for my other business and I literally heard go to Guatemala Mm -hmm. and I was like what I can't go to Guatemala Mm -hmm. and I was just thinking I mean I literally have no money and I like have no time either so (laughs) good luck with that (laughs) and then I just had this like kind of funny thought of like well you know what happens when you don't listen to your intuition so I have to listen (laughs) so I got home that night from the trade show and I told my intern at the time, I had this like free, like 
college interns. They were my saving grace back then. And I told her and she was just so in her innocence. She was like, oh my God, you should totally do it. Like, let's go. So we looked up flights and we found like a $250 max flight to Guatemala. Mm -hmm. And I put it on my credit card, right? Mm -hmm. So I go to Guatemala alone. Mm -hmm. I don't speak Spanish. I know nobody. And I have no idea where I'm going other than I'm going to go meet Keith, like the chocolate shaman. I'm going to show up to his porch. I'm going to sit in cacao ceremonies. I'm going to learn from him see if maybe I can partner with him. I just had these questions. Can we bring cacao, true ceremonial grade cacao, true native heirloom cacao in these traditional methods to the world in a bigger way without compromising integrity? Because I was like, it must not be possible because if it was, someone would be doing it. That's, that was literally my thought. I was like, but I'm hearing I'm going to go to Guatemala, so let's just do it and see what happens. And so I did go to, I got to go see Keith, you know, several times on my journey and when I would go to Guatemala, but I just didn't sense the, um, the synergy. I, ca- I actually instead got guided to go direct to the source, to the farms. And that through many different synchronicities found out that that really was my biggest passion. Uh, like that truly knowing where the cacao comes from and having this connection to the native cacao. So we'll talk about that when you want to talk about that. But that's essentially my origin story. Um, And it was just one conversation, one prayer at a time, one day at a time when I was able to finally figure out, oh, okay, we can bring this, this medicine to the world in a bigger way. It just requires devotion and prayer and listening and a yes. And so I started Cacao as a passion project. It was literally something I was doing on the side for many years up until about a year and a half ago. And then a year and a half ago, I had a huge life pivot on many levels, but essentially that white and gold dragon who is Gaia, my main guide basically was like, everything's been preparing you for this moment where it's time to go full time with your dharma and finally giving myself permission to do what I love the most, which is bring this medicine out in the world. The last thing I'll share on this piece is that since then, cacao has called many, many, many people. And that's really special. You know, like there's a prophecy that says that when the world falls out of balance, Mm -hmm. Cacao will come out of the jungle and into the hearts of humanity to bring us out of the head and into the heart. And I always tell people we're in that prophecy right now. And that's why, obviously, when I launched cacao, I didn't know of any other ceremonial cacaos that were available in this way. But since then, I was one of many, many, many people that have been called to bring this medicine into the world in a bigger way, too. So I really embrace it not from a place of competition, but from a place of we're all just living out this prophecy. And this medicine is wanting to spread her seed so that she can implement the consciousness of the heart. Yeah. Mm. So much divine wisdom there. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, sister. And yeah, it's like the feathered serpent 
So the the dragon, the white and gold dragon that came so clearly in your vision, literally the first time upon receiving this medicine, so potent and curious on how you see that fitting in if it mm-hmm. if it fits in with um I know there's the Quetzalcoatl mm-hmm. yeah did I say that right mm-hmm. Quetzalcoatl feathered serpent uh-huh. um from and so it's like it came in mm-hmm. th- th- so clearly for you and what a beautiful initiation and that's really what one of the many energies that cacao can call forward and oh she initiates <laughs> mm, and mm, yeah you speak to so eloquently and beautifully on the the power that cacao has to not only like energize and allow us to see the beauty in life but also to ground and like have that deeper connection with the earth. And it, it really does feel as though this medicine is coming out of the jungles and into so many hearts and into so many minds and bodies to allow the collective to understand and to allow everyone to look at the world with this like, wow. This is what it feels like to be tapped into unconditional cosmic love. Fuck yeah, sign me up. And with reverence and respect and and to hold this medicine and and such integrity. I mean, it's just yeah, it's so much more than just chocolate. When people are like, oh, what's your cacao recipe? I'm like, excuse me? (laughs) Did you just... (sighs) What? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I'm just like, it's so... Like, come on now. This is medicine. And, yeah, so... Mm, Mama Gaia is working through us and mm, thank you for all the expression of your story and and that origin you know you've gone on such a journey and I'm so curious on how because there's so many like you said there's so many iterations now of people who are sharing this medicine there's cacao ceremonies here there everywhere and especially in phoenix like we're in a very abundant you know community but i think all around the u.s and beyond around the world people are sharing cacao and and for many, it is not a medicine of our native, like, land, right? So I would just love to hear your take on that. Yeah. What specifically, you know, like my take on 
the fact that we're working with a medicine that isn't of our lineage or isn't of the land we're living on. Yeah. 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 Let's go there. Okay, cool. Well, I really just come back to the prophecies Mm -hmm. and that like, for instance, I'm obsessed with the rainbow warriors prophecy that talks about under the symbol of the rainbow, many indigenous cultures will come together, Mm -hmm. uh, and wisdom keepers will come together to teach us how to really live in harmony with each other and with the earth. And they'll do that by teaching us their ways that they've been practicing for many generations mm-hmm. and that they've kept alive. Mm-hmm. And so for many indigenous tribes, plant medicines are a part of their culture. Uh, They are worked with ceremonially and intentionally. And just in general, they are living in a reverence of Mother Earth that's unlike anything we were raised to do, right? We weren't even, most of us weren't even taught about Mother Earth, you know? Like we have no idea about the laws of nature and the cycles of nature. Earth Day. Yeah, Earth Day. Oh my gosh, gross. Oh, it's the worst. Just like Earth Day once a year, weird. Exactly. So that's a good point. Um, So how I see this right now is that we are in a time of waking up from our sleepy slumber and that the plants are here to help us. And any indigenous person I do meet or wise person or, I mean, even you could just say farmer, Therefore, yes, to cacao being brought into all of these different homes and families and communities because those that have been tapped in and that are integrated, uh, they have been seeing that this was what's going to happen for a long time, mm. you know. So at this point, what my take on it is the word alliance. So it's about forming alliances in a way that is a win-win-win. So a win for everyone involved and also a win for the land uh, and the soil, right? So that we can do these things in regenerative ways that aren't extracting, that aren't damaging or taking, but that are receiving the gift of the cacao while also being regenerative in our practices right? So that this medicine can live on for many more generations. Mm -hmm. Mm, Let me see if there's anything else I want to say about that. Everyone has a different take, Mm -hmm. right? And I really just, at the end of the day, have so much deep respect for everyone's perspective on this because there's a, there's, yeah, a place for it all. And I just... I just respect the history of this medicine so much. And I also respect the fact that I do have, I, you, we all have a unique connection to these plants and they go on these dances with us individually and sovereignly. So I respect that. And that's been a journey for me to not have this like imposter syndrome Um, To really let my wings still be open. Like, okay, how can I do this? And of course, a reciprocal way. That's always been number one. That's why why I created this as a nonprofit. I didn't even 
think I needed to have a registered nonprofit and go through the paperwork initially. But when I brought on a board member that tried to screw me over for money, I realized, oh shit, not everyone has the same intentions when it comes to this medicine. So that's why I went through the work to file as a 501c3. So that's always been my intention is the reciprocity. But over the years, it has required me to be in a deeper listening, you know, of all of the people that are involved with cacao. And so, yeah, at the end of the day, I see it as it's between cacao and the people. Mm. And she is coming through the way she wants to come through in many different shapes and forms and colors. And I truly wholeheartedly know that this medicine represents unity period. Mm -hmm. And so when we talk about unity, we need to make sure we're really checking ourselves on dogma. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And of course, there are some beautiful practices, beautiful cultures, beautiful history associated with cacao Mm -hmm. and some that aren't. But that's, you know, like in Peru, we work with farmers that aren't connected to cacao in a ceremonial way, for instance, Mm -hmm. but they are because it's how they live. Mm -hmm right? It's not something they would give language to, but it's how they live. They live in harmony with the cacao, mm-hmm. right? It, it's, it's their everything. So there might not be the same type of language and practices in Peru as there are in Guatemala, let's say, or in Mexico. But at the same time, I think that cacao isn't about dogma. It's not about one path, one way. It's about coming together. From the heart. Yeah. Yeah. That unity consciousness of really, really, and calling us into that space of connection, reciprocity, and and bringing us into that harmonious relations. Mm, Yeah. Cacao, she, she is so powerful. And, you know, there's... To, to what you've expressed and how I've heard many teachers and myself align with the understanding that like we are all students of this earth and it is our responsibility to, to give back to her and to, to have that right relation, that cyclical the more we give to her, the more we can receive from her. And we were not, like, colonialism America was not grown up in these, we we were not raised in these ways that were like, yeah, we're going to go outside and honor the father sky. Right. Like, we're going to, when we are having a fire, we don't acknowledge that that's a sacred fire. We're like, we're going to fucking make s'mores on this fire. And, and like, we, we don't grow up in connection with the elements like these indigenous cultures do. And also, there is so many, like, historically, even, you know, Irish Celtic traditions, like, they they are connected with the land it's just been washed out of history and so to see us all coming 
into a relationship with different plant medicines, it is allowing us to like broaden that understanding of, whoa, these are so powerful. Ayahuasca, cacao, mushrooms. I love mushrooms. Um, (laughs) And like all of these, yeah, like even I'm not one for cannabis, but people who do desire and go for that, cool. Um, but all these different iterations, not even just the master plants, I work a lot with herbal plants and teas and, and like, and as much as I love my rose and I love Pau de Arco and all these different allies that we work with, when sitting with Mama Cacao, there is a potent, there's just this very divine intelligence connection that comes through and historically plant name theobroma cacao the food of the gods and so it has been so revered throughout history and held in this high respect and so i would love for you to speak on the stories and the history Mm -hmm. of what you feel called to bring forth in this moment because i know there's so much Mm -hmm. but any stories that really speak to you Mm -hmm. yeah about cacao specifically yeah yeah um one of the legends that i was that was i was told is something i love because i don't hear a lot of people talk about this one mm-hmm. but there's this i mean with with every plant there's an origin story mm-hmm. but every culture has their own origin story when it comes to that plant right and so we see this in hawaii like every sacred plant to the Hawaiians, whether it's the kalo, so that's taro, or kava, or breadfruit, ulu, like these have origin stories where they'll say, like, let's say a couple had a stillborn and sprouted in that, where they buried that stillborn was the taro. And this taro fed generations of people. And so there's like this divine sacrifice that was essentially made where this soul lived on to become the taro. So that's just an example. I wanted to give context for that. So cacao has many different origin stories. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite ones is that there was this tribe that, have you heard me share this one? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so there's this tribe that essentially the, the man and woman that were ahead of this tribe, they led this tribe in a way that was fully from the heart. There was no war like to the point where they didn't even know that fighting was possible they didn't even know it was like they didn't have that in their memory so battle wasn't in them so one day along comes another tribe and that tribe wanted to take this heart-centered tribe out and kind of go into that again competition dominance territorial nature So essentially, this heart-centered tribe that didn't have weapons, didn't know how to fight, didn't, hadn't ever experienced or practiced for that, they all died. And the man and the woman that were ahead of this tribe, the story is, is essentially that in their place sprouted up the very first cacao tree and the very first vanilla. So I love that one. Because it just speaks to so much. Not only does it speak to the purity of cacao 
and how it really is a plant of peace, but also to the divine feminine and divine masculine. And the way that cacao and vanilla work together, Mm -hmm. I just... I mean, come on. Like, have you ever tasted something that's more synergistic, right? And so I love telling the story because it reminds me of, again, that beautiful harmony between the masculine and feminine. Uh, You mentioned Quetzalcoatl, and it is said that he is the one that gifted us cacao. It's you know, it's the food of the gods and we were gifted this medicine. Mm -hmm. And I love, I had no idea about that when this dragon was already in my space, right? I had already been working with this dragon in my ayahuasca ceremonies. Then when it showed up in the context of cacao, I had no idea why, but I trusted it. And then when I went to Guatemala, the very first Mayan priestess I ever got to work with, she told me, about the feathered serpent and about Quetzalcoatl. And I was like, whoa, I had no idea, you know? So, and obviously, too, the feathered serpent is very biblical, even. Uh, I'm not a Christian, but I very much think it's interesting that these different sacred texts all refer to dragons in one way or another, really insinuating that our wings are important, and having higher perspective is important. Mm-hmm. Um, going further, flying higher mm-hmm. is in our DNA. Mm-hmm. And I feel like cacao, when you open the heart, what happens? Your wings open. Your shoulders go back. And that's why it's flycacao.com. <laughs> <laughs> and then the last thing I'll say is with Quetzalcoatl. I also love it because it has the word, the root word Quetzal in it. Mm. And Quetzal is a bird Mm. in Guatemala. Mm. The currency is Quetzales, right? So the Quetzal bird is a very sacred bird in Guatemala. And what's interesting to me about this is the, the eagle and condor prophecy. So the eagle and condor prophecy is that there will come a time where there will be a rebalancing between the feminine and masculine, between art and science, between the head and the heart. And this will create a divine union and therefore a divine offspring. And just like the eagle represents the masculine and the condor represents the feminine, The way they say this prophecy is that the divine offspring is represented by the Quetzal bird. How crazy is it that it's Quetzalcoatl that gifted us cacao? Which tells me that cacao is an instrumental part in the eagle and condor prophecy. That's a full body, yes. Yes. Mm. Just taking a moment to let that land. (sighs) Yeah. Mm. Thank you for being 
such a clear channel. Yeah. And there's so many ways that cacao continues to work through us. And obviously we've been highlighting cacao in this expression so much. Mm-hmm. And the medicines of the earth. And feeling called to really ask about the energy of initiation and the tests that she can call forth um (laughs) because we know um while there is this very blissful energy that cacao calls in and and allowing us to lead from the heart and to open to receive the divine blessings of life to lead from love to really express more creativity everything that she brings in she can also call forth a lot of cleansing energy a lot of like we're gonna we're gonna wipe away anything that needs to be set free so that your wings can fly so how has that shown up in your life okay Uh, Well, first to set the tone, I do want to just let everyone know that cacao isn't just a spiritually woo-woo thing we're talking about. It's like packed full of compounds. So, you know, the the scientific name Theobroma cacao, it literally translates to food of the gods, Mm -hmm. Theobroma, Theobromine, and then you have all these other compounds, right? So, um, of tryptophan and phenylethylamine and the highest source of magnesium on the planet. It's just like, it's really powerful. Uh, And yeah, there is this spiritual intelligence that's working. To me, I would explain it as karmic. Mm -hmm. And I do feel that we're here to clear up some karma, Mm -hmm. right? We all have a sacred purpose. We all signed up to be here. And we're here to complete our soul contracts. Cacao has been the you could call it battleground but that doesn't really sound right the field on which all my karma a lot most of my karma has unfolded Mm. um and that's for me been the initiations you know if i'm going to be someone that's a custodian of this medicine and if i'm going to be someone that carries this medicine then those tests are going to be grueling and and honestly ruthless Mm. at times which is just like um chocolatel actually translates to bitter water Mm -hmm. so cacao is bitter Mm -hmm. and sometimes love is bitter Mm -hmm. (laughs) so sometimes grace is gritty Mm -hmm. just like cacao is gritty Mm -hmm. you know when you when you're traditionally stone grinding cacao you're going to get those gritty bits at the bottom Mm -hmm. right and i just see it as an analogy that yeah completing our karma it can be bitter, it can be gritty, and it's so worth it because of the initiations you go through. Mm-hmm. So for me, how that's shown up, I'll share three quick examples. Is The first one is when I first started Cacao, I invited my aunt and her girlfriend into the organization. Um, I had just gotten back from Guatemala the first time. I had created a brand and had the product ready. And... When my aunt broke up with that woman, that woman turned pretty dark. 
and she got really jealous and bitter and she uh she was someone that was that I had fallen susceptible to being manipulated because I was so spiritually curious Mm -hmm. and naive Mm -hmm. and just saw the best in everyone and I was also really craving motherly love Mm -hmm. from an actual human so long story short she went to Guatemala, stole one of my suppliers, and just used her own manipulative tactics to basically create her own, to basically steal, copy, and create her own brand. Till this day, she has this brand. And at the time, now it's, now it's whatever, it's whatever. But at the time, it was so intense for me because... Because I didn't, I wasn't fully standing in my power. I still had fear um, around, I don't know, being made to be someone that I was not, you know? Mm -hmm. And where I was still outsourcing this motherly expression. And outsourcing my spiritual connection to an intuitive guide uh, and to like a spiritual and she was very, very intuitive. So I just got schooled. I got absolutely schooled in, am I going to stand up for what's right here? Am I going to do the right thing? Even though I'm scared of this person turning on me and this person was really capable of black magic. It was like a pretty intense situation without getting into the details, but it was definitely initiation also into recognizing that this is a planet of duality mm-hmm. and I can avoid darkness by bypassing it or I could be scared of darkness mm-hmm. um, or I could just acknowledge that it's here and that if as long as I stand in my power and I do so as humbly as possible but keep my wings up and not let anyone clip them mm-hmm. um, but the other big thing is like protecting what is sacred mm-hmm. I think that's a big initiation we empaths go through is like learning that, wow, the things that we're given, the blessings that we have, the, our bodies, yeah. these are sacred vessels that deserve protection. Mm-hmm. And as someone that is very overly trusting and naive and mm-hmm. I wasn't implementing protection mm-hmm. for my business and I was just trusting too quickly. Mm-hmm. So um, instead of fully getting the lesson, I did it again. <laughs> <sighs> with my best friend. So I was invited into this business opportunity with a massive company. And it was so confronting. I was like, what? They want to bring in cacao. And I was like, no, cacao is a nonprofit. We can't do that. But long story short, they said, well, how can we make it work? I said, well, you'd have to still keep it as like, basically this margin has to go back to the farmers, period. And second of all, we have to keep the branding. The dragon is the energy, the essence. And... And then third, I have to oversee every decision. So they gave their word to that, but I didn't enforce contracts because I thought my best friend is at the head of this project and they're looking to her to lead it. And uh, we get super down the line and my partners on the ground in Peru, out of good faith, had invested $300,000 into a massive supply of cacao beans and processing equipment of like three different three new stone grinders Mm. um and this company here in arizona 
while I'm sitting in Peru working on this project after six weeks there, they just say we're dropping the project and we're not paying. Yeah, so that was going to put out not only my partners on the ground, but the farmers. Um, it wasn't going to put me out because I was just, the, it was all of that that had, I, I, it was just the most confronting thing of like, oh my gosh, like now my people are in jeopardy. So it was really scary. It was more scary than me being in jeopardy. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> okay. Yeah. It was big. So, you know, just getting lawyers involved and in state, like stating like what is right, what is true and just standing up for that. But I, again, another lesson, I didn't have a contract in place. I didn't protect what deserved protecting because again, I was so overly trusting and I didn't think I would need a plan B. This was a huge initiation. It also helped initiate me into my voice and my leadership because I had been so associated with my best friend's voice and leadership that it's almost like Gaia, and this is good for everyone to hear, that Gaia was putting me into a separate room as my best friend, from my best friend, so that I could find my own voice. And I think sometimes that happens with family members with friends, with people in business, we actually are being put in separate rooms by our guides on purpose so that we can find ourselves in, in our own path and our own dharma outside of those relationships and that, that conditioning and that identity. So it was very challenging, but necessary. And it was all very public. And I was really mad at myself for not having that contract in place. <laughs> Let's just say that. And then instead of really getting the lesson, I did it again. Mm. A third time. Third time's a chance. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I invited a romantic partner into my business. And I was so lit up by the idea of serving alongside someone. I was so lit up by the idea of a sacred union being at the foundation of a, fa a community of love, of service, of mission, of dharma, and of just serving a greater purpose together. And I was more motivated by that inside of a relationship than I was by even like, let's say, chemistry, mm -hmm. you know, or romance. I was more lit up by the idea of like serving the medicine mm -hmm. with my partner. And that was the vision I had in my head. That's what I was motivated by. And without fully giving enough time, fully qualifying, fully putting contracts into place, I invited a romantic partner into my business. And because I'm a strong, powerful woman with multiple projects, multiple creations, multiple ventures, I think that that would be hard for most men to be with. Yeah. And in this specific situation, I did find myself feeling like I needed to shrink mm -hmm. often mm -hmm. in order to make my partner comfortable. Mm -hmm. And so I quickly, quickly gave out this role and this title and this position And I came to find out that it wasn't from the purest motive. Um, maybe on either of our behalfs, you know. I know my heart 
was pure and is pure at the end of the day. However, I can see that I was just so excited from a younger version of myself to partner together that the woman in me did not embrace enough discernment, did not approach it with contracts in place of what happens if you walk out the door. What happens if you cheat on me? What happens if you, whatever could potentially happen in a relationship, I realized, wow, I should have put that in writing. Plan B, C, D, E. And also, I guess you think sometimes you're working with this cup of warm cacao, you know, this loving, sweet, delicious, beautiful chocolate. And she keeps schooling me and telling me, oh, no, I am big. And there's a dragon here for a reason. And that dragon is there to protect her. And I feel as though I have neglected the protection of the dragon many times out of my own um, smallness, fears, self-doubt and I would say naivety and ignorance to just the reality of what we're dealing with on this planet right now and it can be painted as love and light of like I just trust everybody and it's all going to be okay who needs contracts but I had to vow to her it had to be my husband in order for me to finally wake up to Okay, Gaia, I vow now to let you lead. I vow now to honor you as this sovereign protector, this dragon that's on the front of every bag. My vow now is to let her like fiercely, fiercely protect that which is sacred. And that's symbolic to me. How can I fiercely protect that which is sacred in my life? How can we as a collective fiercely protect that which is sacred, which is the earth, each other, mothers, children, the family unit, all of it. Really, life is sacred. How can we protect it more and treat it with like just impeccability? Well, I would say the hardest lesson cacao and the medicines have taught me is that you have to be aware that that darkness exists and that that duality is there. And it doesn't mean I'm against anyone, that I'm judging anyone. I always embrace compassion and forgiveness to a fault. I genuinely understand where everyone's coming from. I get we're in a matrix. We have to be in survival mode. I get that competition comparison and self-survival is where most people are coming from primally, like on a primal level. I get all that. But I need to hold it in my awareness as a woman that is custodying something that's really big. You know what I mean? Yes. So those were some initiations. And what I say is that um, it's my integrity. You know, I'm not saying I have so much integrity. I just mean I've had to learn what is integrity. (laughs) And 
it is at the end of the day, walking away from things that aren't fully aligned Mm -hmm. or, or saying no. And what she shows me, the dragon shows me is that there's like literally golden brush strokes on my wings for every initiation I pass. Mm -hmm. And those haven't come easy. Mm -hmm. They don't come easy for any of us. It's like sometimes you are just on the floor. You do not know when you're going to be able to get up, right? And it's one thing to see people online and to think that their life is perfect when it's like, oh, hell no. There's always equal pain, equal pleasure. That is what humanity is. And so as many moments as I have of exhilaration and abundance and expansion, I've also had deep um yeah hitting my knees on the floor just bawling confused lost uncertain uncertain and also um not feeling abundant for instance right Mm -hmm. it's like we all go through these things so i don't know if that helps anyone oh yeah but those are some big like initiations for me personally it all comes down to clearing karma and that's how i maintain a lightness about this all Mm -hmm. as like with everyone involved love so much love is there yeah. so much compassion i see you i love you i get it ho'oponopono mm-hmm. but at the end of the day too it's like my responsibility was to clear my karma with them mm-hmm. and it's for me that's looks like mostly really owning my power and owning my wings yeah, yeah. Mm. what a ferocity and a ferociousness to your story to thank you for liberating that truth because that was big Mm -hmm. that was fucking big and to witness you through at least the tail end of that yeah um you were the first person i told Wow. <laughs> mm. yeah. That ceremony. Yeah. Thank you for just, yeah, I see you, sister. Yeah. Mm. The peyote ceremony. The peyote ceremony. Where we fucking, okay, I get passionate, but, yeah, yeah you know. Yeah. We... Put our prayers to that fire. And the prayers that we intended, they came true. They fucking manifested. And it was just maybe not how we thought. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, we sat in peyote in June or May. Uh, Beginning of June. Okay, yeah. June of 2023. And... I did a whole episode on that back, but thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Mackenzie. And all that has come through and just speaking to the collective responsibility to continue to respect and protect the land, the sacredness, this place that we all call home. And it feels as though like when we are working with cacao and plant medicines, we 
start to understand that we are the earth. Every single element is within each and every one of us. And we are an extension of her. And something like a cow that can carry this very motherly presence mm-hmm. invites us into a space of connection with our bodies. And our purpose as women, our purpose and our businesses are through our bodies. So it feels like some of the karmic lessons that we learn are also a part of us reclaiming our relationship with our bodies. Like to your point of looking when, when your roommate was like, you just need some motherly love. And then you're like, okay, boom. Years later, mama cacao comes through and you're like, this is my, this is my purpose. And yeah, we could keep going, but we're going to honor the sacredness of time. (laughs) Um, and okay. Um, yeah. Hmm. I would just love to open the floor to anything else you feel called to share. Um, specifically I'll invite what is lighting your soul on fire right now thanks for asking that it feels emotional because sometimes when you talk about something so much you're like you think people are like okay Mackenzie I'm so sick of hearing about this you know but I truly it is the Yawanawa tribe (laughs) in Brazil. Uh, there's there's three things lighting me up right now. It's number one, cacao. Number two, kava, which, ava, which is Hawaiian kava. And number three, the Yawanawa tribe. So I went to meet them in Brazil in December. And I walked into the jungle. You know, plant medicines have been a part of my path. However, I was lucky and blessed to work with a shaman here in Sedona until he transitioned in 2020. So anytime I'd gone to the jungle, it was for cacao, you know, and I didn't work with any of these other lineages in Peru or anything like that. It just didn't draw to me. It didn't call to me at all. When I got invited to ya- to meet the Yawanawa people, I didn't know what to expect. And I didn't know if I'd be working with medicine. I had no idea. I just knew it was a music retreat. <laughs> I was like, okay, let's go. So in June of 2023, just a few days before my long-term relationship ended, I was at Aniwa, which is a gathering in Southern California once a year with over 40 indigenous elders. And there were several tribes from Brazil, one of them being the Awanawa. And I would hear them singing And I could literally hear this woman's voice all the way across camp. I would follow it. I would just get so drawn in. I would follow it. I just want to be around her and around her voice all the time. And um, I found out she was 16 years old. And I was like, wow. If a, it's not just like about the, how it sounded. It was the frequency of her voice. You could tell like she, she's inherited this for one but two she's she has uh, mastered it in a she's mastered her very powerful expression as a woman so i was like that is something i could deepen into 
is my voice as a woman, really owning my power more. And her brother, Kudu, he's 21. He was there. I could not believe the way this guy, this you could call him guy, kid, this man of men was holding himself. And then their parents were there. And so the four of them just blew me away. And when I got home after my breakup happened, I knew I need to go meet the Awanawa people. I had no idea why. I just knew I want to go meet them. And I got this synchronistic invitation. When I showed up to Brazil I in December, I um, on one of the, maybe the third day is when our chanting classes were going to start, our music classes. And I see Kudu and Maria. And I'm like, oh my gosh, those were the ones that I saw in California. And they're the one, they're the reason why I'm here. It come to find out they were the cousins of this family. And there's the chief and then Putney is his wife. And Putney is the queen of the jungle. That's what she's known as. That's what we call her. And she years ago in her uni, that's what they call ayahuasca, saw that it was time to bring the feminine more into their ceremonies, into their practices, into their lineage. And so she is responsible for bringing dance into their ceremonies. And not only that, but instruments, like westernized instruments into their chants to make all this beautiful music. And now they wear, I mean, the colors of what they wear, not just their beads, but the women's gowns. I mean, it is pure beauty. So all in all, I was just so inspired and got to be in ceremony with Kudu and Maria, his family, and thus, you know, 50 at least of the Yawanau, this family in the sacred village. When I walked into the jungle, I had this thing in my body that would say, I am unlovable. I'm a burden to everybody. And I knew my, my mind knew it wasn't true right? But I could feel this somatically around my heart. And I think it was, you know, just the aftermath of my breakup and what I went through with that. And it almost like the breakup got me present to it. And that, that that was actually keeping me from attracting in someone that actually does see me and appreciates me and loves me. Because I had this literal thing somatically around my heart that said, well, you're not lovable and you're a burden to everyone. So I went into the jungle feeling that and it was getting stronger and stronger and stronger as I got there, the closer I got to it. And then when I walked out of the jungle, I not only could I not feel that, I could only hear like it's like I could hear angels saying like, we love you. Like I, everything in the jungle was just like, you are so loved. You are so loved. Mm-hmm. And, um, but it wasn't just again, mental. It was a somatic experience. So this thing around my heart burned away. Mm-hmm. Speaking of burning, yeah. the guy that, that tended fire at our peyote ceremony in Sedona, I was getting on the flight to Brazil and there he is standing there getting on the same flight. Oh my God. And so in the first ceremony in Brazil, I'm looking out and Ryan is tending fire. Wow. Full circle moment. It was exactly six months after the peyote ceremony Ooh. and six months post breakup, basically. Yeah. And he was there. And then, and that was just so beautiful to have a brother there that was like, wow, so cool. Yeah. 
And then the other thing I'll say is that because my relationship with my ex was public Mm -hmm. and we were leading together, you know, in this community together, I felt like a total fraud when that relationship ended. Mm -hmm. I was doubting everything about myself. Mm -hmm. I would post something, take it down. Or if I didn't take it down, I'd just be thinking about it like just a crazy person. Like I shouldn't have said that. Did I say too much? I was just doubting, doubting, doubting. Mm-hmm. In the jungle with the Awanawa people, we chanted and chanted and chanted and danced and danced and danced. And it was like all of that self-doubt, mm-hmm. all of that bullshit of feeling like a fraud, it just dissolved. And so it reactivated my leadership. It reactivated my voice. Mm-hmm. And I'm extremely passionate about this lineage. Um, I'll never sit with Uni again if it's not with the Yawanawa or maybe the Kuntanawa. Like, I don't know. Like, it's just inside of, there's something very, very special about many of these tribes in Brazil. There weren't purge buckets. There weren't mattresses. There's no room for victimhood. You dance off the energy. That's how you purge. It doesn't mean you're not going to actually like, you know, purge at some point to like, you might have to leave and go purge. I don't know, but it's mostly just through dancing. Mm -hmm. It was, here's what it was. Growth through joy. Yeah. And that's why I'm passionate about it. So I'm not even going to get to Kava right now because that'll be a whole other tangent, but watch this space when it comes to the Ava, Hawaiian Kava. But for now, it's it's about Brazil and the Yawanawa and doing my part in really sharing their wisdom because they were some of the most the healthiest, most embodied, integrated group or tribe that I've ever experienced. They were literally hand in hand with all of us, represented by thirty three countries, representing unity on every level. And actively, consciously forming an alliance with us, mm-hmm. with the white person, mm-hmm. with everything they've been through, that is huge. And to see the queen of the jungle, Putney, dancing with one of the white leaders hand in hand, you could not help yourself but ball. Yeah. Because their hands lifted up to the ceiling. It was like we were in the highest essence of worship worshiping the divine, worshiping unity and saying this prayer for these alliances to form because we are not getting out of here alive unless we do that. We need these alliances if we're going to make it through this. Mm -hmm. And that means we need to be humble enough Mm -hmm. to accept their help that they are so humbly offering right now. Mm -hmm. This is the Rainbow Warriors Prophecy. <laughs> carrying it up oh, and so it is yeah we can we can definitely activate that expression wow my whole body is vibrating and so much wisdom so many medicinal tra- transmissions that have flowed through this expression thank you to all the gods and goddesses and every single supporter of this journey Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. thank you thank you thank you thank you to pachamama thank you for all all that has come forth thank you 
Mama Cacao. Thank you for your beauty, your wonder, your sacred mystery. Thank you for also calling us into a place of radical remembrance, of reclamation of our right to feel love, to feel joy, bliss, ecstasy, and to also honor the process of death and rebirth and spiritual tests, life tests, that just bring us closer and closer to our soul's home. As we come together, hand in hand, heart to heart, it takes us all listening, listening to all that is already within us, We are just mirroring back to each other and the earth is mirroring back to us. All the life, all the love, the wisdom that is within. Thank you to all the protectors of this medicine, all the medicines. Thank you for being so open and willing to share your practices with us to allow us to come together. Mm. Yes, may we continue to say yes to life, to be humble and open to receive. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Pachamama. Thank you, Mackenzie. Thank you, Mama Cacao. Thank you, Gaia. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I love you so much. <laughs> oh, chills. Okay. And we'll close with some chants. Okay. I'll just do one chant here. It's short. And this is going to be a chant of celebration and dancing. So just as you listen, inviting you into an expanded state of really raising your frequency. And, and, and really to do that, Sometimes we have to kind of feel that grittiness shaking out of shame, shaking out the fear, shaking out those lower patterns, those lower beliefs about ourselves. We're doing that. Let's celebrate it. And just honoring Kudu for teaching me this chant. Vadi kuma poyana, vadi kuma poyana, vadi kuma poyana, vadi kuma poyana. Vadi kuma poyana, vadi kuma poyana, vadi kuma poyana, vadi kuma poyana. Vadi murutamare, vadi murutamare, vadi murutamare, vadi murutamare. Vadi murutamare, vadi murutamare, vadi murutamare, vadi murutamare. Ho 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 ho
Varikuma puyana, varikuma puyana, varikuma puyana, varikuma puyana. Varikuma puyana, varikuma puyana, varikuma puyana, varikuma puyana. Varimura tamare, varimura tamare, varimura tamare, varimura tamare. Vari muru tamare, vari muru tamare, vari muru tamare, vari muru tamare. Ho 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 What a liberation. Thank you to everyone for being here. Thank you for receiving this raw transmission. And may all the truths be honored and received. Truth sets you free. Yes. And all the links are in the show notes to connect with this dear sister Mackenzie cacao drinking chocolate on Instagram and flycacao.com and all the other places will be below thank you everyone we love you so so much a home namaste to all my relations and so it is <laughs>